Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. This week we're mixing things up a little bit. We're doing things a little differently, you know? So usually you're used to hearing the intro here, but we're going to play the intro right before we get into the episode because we did this episode live on Twitch. That's right. We're doing all of our upcoming episodes live on Twitch. So you can be there. You can experience this in real time. And then afterwards, you can ask our guests any questions that you choose. So if this interests you, head over to twitch.tv backslash Corey H. Drummer. That's C-O-R-Y-H-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. All right. Go there, click the little follow button, you know, if you're feeling so kind, then you can subscribe to the channel, you know, it helps us out here, and uh, we will be doing the majority of our upcoming episodes on that channel right there, plus you get to see me playing drums every once in a while, we do little Q&A chats, all kinds of fun stuff happening on there, all right, also, If you do want to support this podcast even further, we do put out our episodes a couple days earlier if you are a Patreon member. All right, so you can head over to patreon.com backslash we're talking drums and become a Patreon member. It's $2 a month, not very much at all. You'll get episodes early. We're going to be doing special merch drops. All kinds of stuff happening there. Now, speaking of merch, we have brand new t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops just in time for summer. You know, we have bath towels if you're into that type of things. And of course, the classic coffee mugs. So if you want to grab some We're Talking Drums merch with our brand new snare wizard design on it, then you can find a link to our merch site in the description or the show notes or wherever you are. Uh, And uh, lastly, we have a brand new YouTube channel. Tons of stuff happening around here uh, in the last couple weeks. So head over to our YouTube channel. You can find it. We're talking drums. So again, all the links to all this fun stuff will be in the show notes. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you share these episodes with your friends. You know, if you're enjoying this, they probably will too. So share, share the drum wealth, you know. Tag us on Instagram. That's at We're Talking Drums and share it on Facebook. And hell, if you got a TikTok, you know, hashtag WTD Podcast or hashtag We're Talking Drums, get those tags rolling and let's get this party started. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Finally, oh my God, I know you're thinking, well, this guy just stopped talking. All right, well, listen. You're going to listen to me talk for another hour, but it's going to be with my good friend, John Tichy, drummer of the band Wilderun. All right. We had a phenomenal chat. He is an amazing human being, an absolute sick drummer. He likes blast beats, which, you know, you know me. You know me, all right? We got along just fine. So I'm not even going to tell you anything about the episode because it was just an absolute 
blast to do. All right. So don't forget, head over to our Twitch channel, check out the Patreon, check out the new merch, go to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And right now, enjoy my chat with John Tichy of Will to Run. Now cue that intro. You're listening to We're Talking Drums, creating conversations with the world's top drummers in the most extreme genres. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. Welcome to the We're Talking Drums podcast. The best part about that intro was that John could not hear it <laughs> at all. So... Just like, I just I played the intro for the uh, <laughs> the podcast right there, and you couldn't hear uh, it. So you're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> um, oh man! For those of you uh, listening to this, we are live on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Corey H Drummer. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a first. This is uh, a thank you, uh, and my guest. Today is John Tichi from the band Wilderun. Am I saying that right? Is it Wilderun? You are saying it right. Excellent, because I've been saying it for about 10 years, and I'm hoping yeah. I'm saying it the right way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when was the first time you heard it said, said like, correct? Was it, was it when we played Toronto? Yeah, it must have been. Um, yeah. yeah, the first time with uh, Aether Realm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I when I brought you guys out to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. That like was... and I had never heard of your band before. That was kind Gosh. of like I I'd been talking to Jake and other the guys in Aether Realm and I was like, Oh, you guys should come out to Toronto and we made it happen. They're like, Oh, we're on tour with this band called Wilderun. Do you think you could put them on the bill too? And I was like, Ah, oh. <laughs> Let me check them out. And I was like, absolutely. Uh, Actually, I want them to play after you. No. <laughs> Wait, did we? No, I, no, no. I, I don't think so. Um, that uh, show is uh, getting into that. All right. Let's talk about the first time that we played together. Uh, actually, the <laughs> the only time I think we've ever played together. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That, I think that's the only time I've seen you in person. Potentially. Um, yeah. Wait, you guys toured with... Um, Odd crew of Deadwood oh, or whatever. Dead crew of Oddwood? Yes, I always get it mixed up. Uh, I remember I was... seeing you guys at Coalition in Toronto. I don't know okay. if we talked that night. Um, we might have said hi or something. Maybe. Yeah, I don't really remember too much. Uh, but uh, I do remember that uh, fellow uh, We're Talking Drums alumni, Eric W. Brown, <laughs> was playing drums for... Uh, dread crew of Oddwood. Yeah, that's the correct mm -hmm. way. All right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and I chatted with him that night, and then when I saw him with uh, Necrogoblicon, um, both of us forgot that that had ever happened. So oh, really, <laughs> was, I totally <laughs> forgot. And he's like, "You look familiar." I'm like, yeah, I, don't, "I don't think we've ever met before, dude. I don't know." <laughs> but definitely, we we talked. But 
So your first time in Toronto, that was your, was that Wilderun's first time playing in Canada at all? Uh, I think we played, um, I mean, we, we played a few dates before that in Canada, but, uh, definitely Toronto yeah. for sure. And it was my first time in Toronto and yeah. And every time we come up with Canada, we have so much fun that, that Toronto gig though, that one was uh, a little rough. It was like two nights in a row of like uh, one hour of sleep. So that was, uh, <laughs> you might not have caught me in the best of moods. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I know that uh Aether Realm, I don't know about you guys, but Aether Realm drove all the way from Chicago that day. They just stayed in Chicago and drove all the way from Chicago to Toronto. They they stayed there. Huh. Yeah, it was uh, I was like, why would you why wouldn't you cross the border at night and like, I don't know. <laughs> like it was so they were <laughs> they were dead. They had just been in the in the van for like eight hours with a border crossing like it was a oh, it was a catastrophe man uh oh. yeah and they're missing their second guitar player on that tour and um right yeah, yeah donnie wasn't there on that one and like i put that show on kind of like uh i don't want, i don't want to say a favor that's not what it was but it was it was like jake i think asked me because you guys were doing a run and I was like, sick, like, let's do it. This will be sick. Like, I'm so stoked. Um, and, uh, it happened to be, I think it was on uh gay pride weekend and in Toronto, that's kind of a big deal, you know, like the parades and like parties and everything that whole weekend in the summer is like, it's crazy, man. So yeah, it was a nightmare. (laughs) It was hard to, it, it's hard to get in and out of the city, and it was hard to get yeah. like people out to a metal show. <laughs> yeah, when like the amount of parties and everything going on were just insane. So, yeah, um, yeah. I know the coalition show is uh, really good for you guys. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have fond, fond memories of of seeing you guys uh, there. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm trying to remember what the coalition show looked like. It was like it's a it was like a basement. It was super grungy. Uh the whole okay. ceiling like uh, you could see all the boards and all the wiring above the stage. Like okay. it was it, it's a like a greasy punk bar, but we put on a lot of uh metal shows and everything there. So Were there a lot of like just pillars in the middle of the room? Is that um, a, not a in thing the, there? not directly in the middle, um, huh. but I think beside the stages there were pillars. Okay. Yeah. And it's not. I, I it, forget what a year that was. Uh, I want to say it was like 2016. That sounds right. No era, because it was probably the summer uh, after. I got off tour with uh, Unleash the Archers, and like that was like the last oh, big shit. year of of touring. Um, we did like I think close to seventy shows or something that year. Then we go like, Holy oh, we're gonna write a record, oh. and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that Crimson Shadows on on yeah. the Unleash the Unleash the Archers? Right, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, tons of fun. Sick. Yeah, and uh, lived it. Yeah. Believe yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. It was uh, uh, those were those were the good old days, you know. Um, but you guys still tour. You guys just did uh, did a pretty cool tour, eh? 
Yeah, yeah, with a uh, Swallow Sun and uh, Abigail Williams. That's a killer was, uh, tour. Man, I remember it was. It was. So go it was ahead. our biggest tour yet. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was definitely our biggest tour yet. So that was that was something, and I was uh, exhausted because I had just got done with uh, my Unleashed the Archers tour. So yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. We'll get into that. Let's go one tour at a time. <laughs> all right. Gotcha. So yeah. yeah. So you. Uh, <laughs> How many dates were on this tour with Swallow the Sun and all that? Because I was planning. I reached out to you and was like, yo, you're in Toronto. Like, fuck, I really want to come out. And then I want to say I had a I had a podcast scheduled or something like that that I was like, fuck, I, I got to yeah. do this. <laughs> like, I can't, you know? Yeah. So I was like, ah, man. Uh, and I totally I missed think, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did. You reached out. It was a podcast that you were doing. And, you know, you, you set a schedule. You got to stick to it. So totally understand but uh it was a month long basically yeah yeah man that's a good Mm -hmm. size tour man uh yeah especially in these days and you guys did the whole thing too the whole dang dang thing yeah it was there was a couple shows where we thought it wouldn't happen and then it happened and we were there was there was a couple times where i was like can i just have a night off please just, yeah, I just want a night off. Can you, <laughs> and just, nope. one, just one of you get it just for a night, and then it's all good, you know. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, man. Though, no, uh, no. Uh, well, it's so it was every night, eh? You didn't have a single day off. Uh, I we we had a few days off, but those were just drives, you know. So it's not really. You know? No, no, no. Drive days are not days off. It's no. worse. It's more work. Yeah. <laughs> it's more mm-hmm. bullshit and you don't get the high of being on stage. So it's like even yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. And even on days where you're driving, you're like, all right, if we stay on time, we might have like a few hours before we have to go to sleep to just chill. And then it never, it never happens. That's something always, you know, it, bathroom breaks take too long. You end up just dicking around at a rest, rest stop too long. And then you get there and it's way too late and you have to like get up in four or five hours and yeah drive days suck <laughs> yeah they're, they're the worst absolute worst yeah. but um i'll say when you're doing a canadian tour ex- like before the days of doing full like north american tours and stuff like that we would tour canada and it takes 27 hours to drive from toronto to winnipeg which is one crap. province over. So it's like, that's like a three day drive. You know, I would rather do like a tour where you can play five shows in a row every day. And then maybe one drive day. Cause even drive days, like how long of a drive would it, would it be to need a drive day? Yeah. Like in no matter what, I think in Canada we have at least six to eight hours between like every city, every single city, man. Yeah, it's brutal. You guys in the states, you guys got it made. I remember like, well, at least you're like doing some some tours, and it's just like, oh my god, it's such a long drive. It's <laughs> it's five hours, like buddy, like. I'll do that. Five like, hours, nothing. Yeah, I'll do that in the morning. No problem. We don't need to drive overnight. Like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. We got, we're spoiled on the East Coast besides having to drive, you know, through DC and New York City. 
But like, yeah. there's a couple two hour long drives. On the last tour, we did New Jersey and then we did Brooklyn, which is like, um, not even 10 miles away uh, on, on the map. And it took an hour, but yeah, but you know, you know, that was still short drives, but it is New York City. So, you know, hour an hour in New York City is worse than like four hours on the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So when, when we <laughs> when we did that run with uh Unleash the Archers, I think we where did we we played like the first show we met up with them because we didn't do the first bit. They they did like um uh we like joined the tour like a week before because Hibria couldn't do it. And we had okay. our, our visas and everything still. Uh, so Grant kind of looked at me like we were hanging out cause they just flew in from China. Um, Whoa. yeah, dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they just flew in from like mainland China and, uh, they wow. did a bunch of shows over there and, uh, and then they were starting the tour in like two weeks, but they were starting, um, where, where they were playing, uh, prog power. And then doing oh, nice. like a couple shows up the East Coast. And then we met up with them in Long Island. Okay. And then we went from like Long Island, like kind of, I think out to Boston. Yeah, I think out to Boston way and like that side of like the East Coast. And then we came back and played in Queens. So wow. it was like kind of cool where we played in New York and then we went out further east and then came back and hit another part of new york again right mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of but like a week later so it's kind of neat man that yeah, is neat. Tours yeah. are crazy. all right let, all right so let's get into your tour with only sea archers did Brittany oh. break any bus windows during the whole tour that you know no <laughs> no not none that I, not zero that oh is that God. a britney move <laughs> <laughs> dude uh well i don't know from the one tour we did with them definitely you know <laughs> this is the second time i mentioned it she's gonna she's gonna kill me one day i swear <laughs> damn uh so how how was that tour how how did it come to be that you were filling in for uh, Tyler on drums uh, in Aether Realm? How did yeah. how did you get that spot? Um, so Tyler had some, you know, Tyler approached me way before I actually like actually considered it. Uh, about he approached me about doing it, and uh, I was like really kind of hesitant because I was I didn't know how much I can commit, commit to a month long on tour with, you know, the possibility of having will to run, do something, mm-hmm. you know, later on that year. Um, so I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I wanted to do it, but, you know, bouncing work and, you know, a band that you, you know, you're committed to, it was, it was rough. Uh, so I said no at first. And then a few months later we, we got closer to, to tour and then, uh, Jake approached me actually. He was like, yeah, Tyler floated your name again. And, uh, yeah, you know, if you want to get on this tour, we can work, work out a deal. And then, you know, and it was actually closer to the end of the year and nothing seemed to be happening with Wilderun at the time mm-hmm. to, um, you know, for me to have to commit to. So I was like, all right, it's safe enough for me to go. All right. This is my tour this year and I'll, you know, I'll fill in for Tyler and we'll have some fun. 
Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a fun, fun tour. Everybody on that tour was the best, you know, made instant friends. Um, unleash the archers were accommodating as hell, you know, I, I, I never got the, 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 um, I never got the, um, what's the word impression that they were, they were like big dog in us or anything. Like they were just like very polite and it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it was my longest tour ever that I've ever done. Um, and I worked from the road, um, to make it happen. I worked my day job from the road and that was a nightmare. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do, you do for work that you can do it? And at the same time, um, play in one of the support bands too so like that that can be even more hectic like it's way oh, even yeah. even more hurry up and wait you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no there was a few times where we showed up to the venue and i was still on the clock and you know i was kind of like all right i gotta balance you know my job and my other job right now i'm literally like i'm moonlighting with uh with either realm um <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I would, I, I, I work, um, it, well, technical support for Dell. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I, my, my job consists of, you know, getting on customer calls and fixing backup data, backup related issues, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I work from, I've worked from home, uh, before the pandemic. And then I switched full-time from home during the pandemic and uh, and i'm not going back <laughs> i'm not going to the office no way yeah um, man. yeah but on the road it can work out uh depending on um your your phone signal and your you know how much mobile data you have uh some days i had to call out because just you know driving through i don't know new mexico i had nothing no signal at all so i just couldn't work um but yeah that that was uh it, it enabled me to go on tour. It's uh, I like to call it having my cake and eating it too, because I was able to uh, not lose any money on tour personally. So that was sick. Um, yeah. And that's like, that's a, a rarity for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> not losing money going on tour. Yeah. Mm, what's, uh, what's the, what a concept. Yeah, I actually I got into it for that reason. Oh yeah. So you could still work and tour at the same time. Yep. Yep. man that's so good maybe i yeah. should do that <laughs> maybe i should switch career paths here and, and just go uh <laughs> go into it so i can work from home i can just play drums and yeah it'd be great it's it's pretty cool that's pretty cool what, what do you do for your for your day job uh i work in av so oh, okay yeah, yeah setting up lights and video walls and all that nice type of fun fun stuff yeah it's fun. And honestly, though, it, it's it's helped me a lot with understanding um, technology to some degree because I was very not good with tech three, four years ago and like mm-hmm. the, my entire life before that. Uh, so I've gotten a lot better with understanding uh, that that side of things and, you know, yeah. everything. So it's been it's been uh, quite the adventure, I guess. You know, I, I wasn't uh, into AV at all three years ago, and I got this job and kind of had to really get into it. <laughs> the OTJ uh, training. Does, has it helped with the uh, the Twitch streaming stuff? 
Was any um, of that translated? Yeah, definitely. Definitely some of it. And definitely like when I'm having issues, um, the people I work with know a lot about live streaming. We do a lot of live streaming events and stuff like that. So anytime I had issues, I just call on my my mod Devin there, who I work with. Oh nice. And uh and he he walks me through how to do everything. So <laughs> from the beginning. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Oh, all right. So you you were on tour with uh, Unleash the Archers. Uh, did did so? You're saying they didn't big dog you at all, and that just I just don't believe that Scotty didn't didn't pull the big dog card out, you know, and be like, no, I'm leaving my drums set up every night. You work around it. I ain't doing it, you know. Like I just don't I just don't believe you. He he definitely. He 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 pulled out some of that stuff. Come on, don't lie, don't lie. Throw him under the I, bus right now. <laughs> I, you know, all right, Scott, listen here. No, um, he, uh, maybe he maybe he just like saw that I was working my day job. Uh, he he made a he, he it was kind of like a, a joke between us. Like I, I was he would be doing sound check and I'd be sitting there like angry typing on my laptop and he'd just be looking at me laughing because you know he he's in, he's a developer for his day job. So yeah, like yeah, he was able to kind of. You know, I'm I'm more on the production side. He's on the dev side, so like he's able to kind of relate in a way. So maybe he, maybe he was easier on me. I don't know. Yeah, he was perfectly fine. Ah, uh, all right. So he he just gives me a hard time. That's all. Okay, I maybe, see how it is. <laughs> maybe it's he's he's more hard on his countrymen. He must. That must be it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're. Uh, you're a, a kind Southern Belle, so you know he he wanted to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man! All right, dude. You know what? Let's um, let's talk about this new record of yours. Uh, first off, how do you even pronounce it? Uh, <laughs> um, epi epigen epigon epigon. <laughs> I haven't heard the first one yet. I, I like that epigen. Epigen. Maybe we should. Epigen. We should. Uh, we should uh, release our own gen and call it epigen. Oh my god! Now you're thinking. <laughs> that's how we're making <laughs> money. Know, Come on, that's, buddy. That's, that's, that's right. why else do we do music? It's to make money. Yeah, it's so <laughs> that we can brand different types of alcohol and sell it and make all the money. Come on. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you said it right though you said uh it was it's epigon it's funny epigon. my my okay. yeah my buddy who's who's into ac- academics he was he made the joke first he's like every time i see it i want to say epigony and i'm like that's hilarious and anytime i get a chance to to reference that i'm going to but it, yeah it's it's epigon epigon okay sick yeah. sick so um you guys you guys stayed pretty consistent with your records given the the times, you know, you, you guys had, um, veil of imagination in 2019. And then now in early 2022, you got Epigon. Uh, what, what was the writing process like? And was it any different for this record than previous albums? Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, go We're, ahead. I'm done. I'm oh, done. Okay. That was, a. Uh, period okay <laughs> oh, oh oh gotcha um sorry about that um so basically all four albums that were were written 
years ahead of time. These are all just uh, from the library of our singer Evan's brain. He um, he basically has he writes demos and then he sends it to the rest of us and then we add our you know our touches and it becomes Wilderun. Um, and actually, Epigon, um So, Olden Tales, the first album was uh, written a few years before that before its release and then sleep at the edge of the earth was already written uh whenever olden tales was being recorded uh and then um veil imagination was was being written i think around the time that sleep of the edge sleep was you know getting recorded so it was everything was ahead of time epigon predates all that epigon is from evan's uh other project that he was planning on doing at some point he he you know he 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 had this idea of doing it like a straight up progressive metal project so and that and that was written way before our first album um but over the time we kind of just went from you know folk metal to progressive metal so we we're like this makes sense we can we can just use this now so okay. that's basically how that came together so that was going to be my next question was how because like i i've listened to to all your your records in kind of sequence as well and going from olden tales which is crazy because i used to play for a band called vesperia that was very folk metal influenced and our first record was called an olden tale and then (laughs) i think that was that was probably around 2012 as well. So, Dang. And, I don't, and we, I don't think we knew of each other at that time. Um, you know what? The name sounds familiar, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was me. And then, um, at that time, um, our bass player, Morgan, who is a vocalist and bass player in Vesperia, was also the bass player in Crimson Shadows. So, okay. Yeah. Um, our past definitely kind of crossed in that kind of way as well. But, uh, like that is the thing is that you guys started out as like a, uh, I want to say like a, a folk metal, but like kind of a more progressive and darker themed Tori sass style with the, mm-hmm. the type of vocals that you had and the epicness and, you know, but it was, it was fast, you know, like yeah. it was it, it fucking epic as shit folk metal. Um, and then, listening to the new record was like holy shit (laughs) like this stuff is like progressive as hell like you know like i just want to like uh get some mood lighting and get really stoned and get really sink into my chair with this one because yeah there's there's a lot of layers to it uh but it's very it moves in a different way you know than the earlier stuff Mm. so that was kind of like where I, uh, where I was trying to get at was how you guys kind of slowly was it I guess with the new record you already stated that uh that was written beforehand but even uh Veil of Imagination is more progressive do you guys purposely go um more in the progressive route or was it really just a natural process I think uh it's more natural I think what we were essentially was 
a bunch of prog nerds decided to do a folk metal band, folk metal record. Uh, and it, we, we, when we recorded Olden Tales, it, we didn't, we didn't even intend on making a, making it an actual band. We just wanted to record an album. Like, and it was really Evan wanted to record an album just to have a folk metal album. And he, he asked me mm-hmm. if I wanted to do it. And he, he actually was the one to show me folk metal. And I was just like, hell yeah. But you know, I, I was a prog nerd. So was he. And so was Wayne and Dan where we all have prog backgrounds. So if anything, Olden Tales was the side project. Oh wow! To, to a progressive group, progressive metal group. So, and that's you know you can kind of see that in some of the some of the every occasional odd times and just thrown in here and there in Olden Tales, and also you know the the song structure isn't you know isn't your usual. Yeah, it's you know, not trappings. your 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 typical like. Uh intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge you know no yeah. you guys, you guys have always had that progressive element uh 100 150 yeah. percent dude yeah that's yeah. what i really enjoyed uh especially about uh the the first couple records that it was like okay it's it's catchy it's fast like yeah we're we're gonna do like lots of blast beats and you know like folky orchestrations and stuff but we're going to make it a little weird, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we're going to throw some like odd time signatures and off time stuff in there. Just, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, it's interesting. Say blast beats. Uh, I really didn't know how to do blast beats before Wilderun. Like blast beats have been like a, you know, development through, through the last decade. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like there's some stuff on the first album. Where I was like, man, I could do that so much better now. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it always is. You look at something that's ten years old, man. That's that's a decade yeah, that's ago. Yeah, that's obviously uh, you're gonna be able to place. Oh, well, hopefully, anyways. You know what? I will say, uh, our first record. There's stuff on there. I don't know if I can play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it could go either way, I guess. No, to be honest, though, back then I wasn't even using triggers, so my feet were sloppy as hell. I I know they were, hundred percent. I I just bought a set of triggers. I've never used them before. Oh, so oh, okay. Yeah. Let's dive into that then. Let's. That's did you cool. did you have something against triggers? No, you know. I just I just I it's so it's so far outside of my my realm of of you know wanting to be as as acoustic as possible mm-hmm. like i don't want to deal with tech stuff so like i never even thought of it really um i don't have anything against triggers i don't think they're cheating i think that's a stupid thing to say um but um on this last tour with swallow's fun um i started i mean you know i was on tour uh with gabe gabe uh gabe was uh you know playing for abigail on that tour and he let me play his his kit with with the triggers and i was like okay i get it you can yeah you could you could fucking hear your kick drums while you're playing live i can't i can't i've never been able to hear my kick drums uh, unless i get lucky and i get a wedge behind me and they blast me with it so i'm like i need to do something about that it's funny because um when we we did a a tour with Ailstorm uh in Europe years ago and 
their drummer Peter, he would bring uh, like a Roland trigger and a module and use that just for monitoring. So he would put that on and put that into his in ears. It wouldn't go to front of house. Yeah. Uh, it would just be for monitoring so he could hear his ears because he was sick of not being able to hear it. But then on that tour, their sound guy was so sick, he actually pumped awesome kick drums into his monitor and like EQ'd it so there was enough high end so you could actually hear the hits and feel it. And uh, yeah, so he actually didn't need it. But I was like, that's a cool concept, just just for monitoring, you know? That's That's actually essentially what i'm kind of hoping to do um because i know we have a bunch of like soft soft parts and i know uh my 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 dudes are a little um iffy on the general clickiness of a of a kick sound um, mm-hmm. that's triggered and yeah. on those soft softer parts they don't want that so much so so i'm just gonna like kind of ease them into it see how see how that goes uh, yeah i'm uh, i don't know how it would work because i know that you can do different like velocity settings i've never done that um okay i always just do velocity at seven like highest velocity all the time i don't want oh, yeah. any dynamic in my triggers nothing but i know that you you can so you can still like when you're playing softer parts, it is like a softer trigger. So honestly, like if you just, what, what module do you have? Okay. Uh, I don't have a module yet. I, I, um, well, I do have a module. I have a TD 17 KVX, but I'm, I'm not going to use that. That's, you know, full on Roland V drum kit. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't uh, need anything that heavy duty on the road. <laughs> No, um, I do have a Yamaha EAD10, which, um, you know, is that is, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I recently bought that, and it's supposed to be a trigger and a condenser mic in one. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the trigger on that thing works. Um, so I'm probably gonna bring that, and then if I have to, I can still hear the kick drum just with the mic just sitting there. Yeah, and if that might just be enough for me, but if I have to, I can plug in the triggers that I just ordered and into that module, and then that'll that'll just be my my thing. I think I think you can upload uh, sounds into that thing too. Can you? I don't know, man. I've been I've been kind of wanting to get one, but now that I have my setup like how I have it, I'm like. Like I only really wanted it so I could do like Instagram videos or something. Because honestly, that's the reason why every drummer's Instagram videos sounds sick now. It's because of that. Yeah, thing. you know. Yeah, it's like six hundred bucks, and it's like you can hear everything, and it's, it's beautiful. Plug yeah. and play. Yeah, plug and play, yeah. and that's all we need because we don't want things to be complicated. We're drummers. <laughs> we just want to hit shit, you know? Like, why? So it, Yamaha releasing, this is probably their greatest contribution to drums since, like, the stage oak custom or something. But, like, th- like it's incredible. Uh, and it's it's changed dr- social media for drummers, I guess, to that degree. I would say so. Because I don't... Yeah. I don't think that when you get into, like, quality YouTube videos and stuff, you still want it multi-tracked and properly mic'd and stuff. But 
for doing Instagram or like TikTok reels and all that shit, then yeah, it works great, man. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like I still yeah. kind of want to get one, but I'm not. Eh, eh, eh. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely like I'm. You know, I got the electric kit now, uh, which sounds so much better than what I was doing. I had that I had that little mic on there, and I was playing mesh heads, uh, and it was fine. But I didn't. I'm I'm start, I'm kind of like start, starting to accept the fact that I'm gonna be apartment living, so I wanted to go ahead and just get an electric kit so I could play. Um, but now that I have the electric kit, I can have like full on great sound, so I don't I don't use that anymore. But I'm glad I have it because I'm gonna I'm going to uh, attempt to um, for my own monitors on stage. I'll be able to hear the whole drum set in my ears. Yeah, with our with our in ear system. That's sick. So, yeah, that's that's, and actually, the rest of the band will be able to hear it too. We won't even need wedges at the, at that point because we we have, we invest in an in ear monitor system, so yeah. everything's, you know. And that's what uh, the band I play for, Lotharo. Um, those guys, like I, I, I played for them about like four, four or five years ago. Four years ago, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Then I kind of like stepped away, and I, I had uh, a lot of other commitments I had to, you know, take care of and stuff. Uh, but I got them started. Like, okay, no, like I need to play to a click. You know, mm-hmm. that was like. You know the start that, of things. Uh, that was a you, you thing. Yeah, hundred percent. I, okay. I I play yeah. to a click live if it's metal. If it's like I played for another band, uh, Johnny No Cash and the Celtic Outlaws, and I was like, "There's no way we're playing to a click. There's no way." Mm-hmm. Like we do pauses, and Johnny goes off on a rant and does this, that, the other thing, oh, yeah. and then we just like kick back into stuff. Like it, it was that kind of vibe to that band. But when you're playing metal, that's like more. I want to say regimented, but it's, you know, like everyone needs to be tight. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, we're playing to a click. We did that whole thing. It was sick. And then I leave. uh, And then I I rejoined the band in, uh, it was like September, October. I think I started, I did my first show with them again. And then actually became a full member like a couple months back. Um, But when I come back into the jam space, they have a full in-ear rig. Everybody is on ears. Everybody has a click. Like all well, of the drums are mic'd, being fed through our thing. We literally hand the sound guy our tails and be like, "Here you go." We have all our own drum mics. We have everything, and it's just like, well, "Holy, holy shit!" Like this, guys. I think you went a little too all out. All right, <laughs> like holy shit, this is a lot, and it's sick. It's so sick. I love the the control. I love the not doing count-ins. Like yes, you don't have to break the fourth wall. Sitting here hitting the symbol while there's a soft part going. Right. Ugh. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Keeping time. Oh. Yeah. Like everybody just. It's, it's great. And also. Yeah. And, and then uh, another thing, something I did not predict would be a thing, but it was, is sometimes you know. You're the smallest band on a tour. Sometimes a sound check, just there's not enough time for it. Yeah. But if you have all your mixes all ready to go in in the box, you're saving you're saving yourself. It's 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 fantastic. Like in your monitor rig every day, all day. Yeah. See, your mix 
in your ears is going to be relatively the same anyways, at least from like a drummer's perspective. Our mix is going to be yeah. relatively the same. The vocalist is another situation depending on where the like the drums are cuz they I guarantee they get a lot of bleed into their vocal mic wow. and everything. But yeah. um I I that's that's not a me problem, so it's fine. Uh <laughs> 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 but um but the sound guy is the only thing that needs to worry so you like at least you don't need to worry about your mix you can hear everything you can perform now it's all in the hands of the sound guy you know like all right yeah here everything should be okay just faders up and you know you're good to go but uh yeah, yeah dude i'm i'm all about it i love it uh, i love it so much and i i'm still wired in i want to get a uh an actual wireless unit for it, but I just don't want to oh. drop the money on it, man. Uh, I like, I uh, yeah, I just the, don't want to. <laughs> do you, do the you rest go, of my band has the, has the, sorry. Do you go wireless or are you, uh, are you still wired? So, in? so before we had the in-ears, I, I was the only one on ears, but I was just plugged directly into the laptop. Um, or whatever thing that was hooked up to the laptop. Um, but now that we have the in-ears, every other person in the band, the band invested in, you know, wireless stuff because, Hey, we're going to commit fully, but Hey, John's still, John's still going to do the, the thing he's been doing for the last decade. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get the wireless so I can get up and walk away and then come back and not have to, you know that's that it be. and even i i find myself i'll stand up and like try to get the crowd into it and then i sit back down and i sit on the cable or something oh. like that and i'm just like and then it's putting tension on my ear i'm like oh no if i was just wireless everything would be better i could get up i could run around like lars or something like yeah you know like dude that'd be so sick so to not sick. be tethered yeah uh, uh, it's so much yeah. money especially because we are literally sitting there for 95 percent of the show <laughs> you know? i know it's like, it's like it's like do you really need wireless it's like yeah but i want it i want it <laughs> but i want it I, that's that's it man it's not definitely not a need it's a want yeah you know and i'm yeah. okay with it being a want yeah <laughs> God damn. oh man um right on dude um let's talk about this record more um it came out in january on century media records what's the story with that how's century media treating you guys why aren't you Century's- on napalm like <laughs> come on all the cool kids are on napalm dude what, I, I, what I, I, i've seen i've seen there's some pretty cool kids on that record label um it's just a you know we 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 did 70k and we got off the you know we got off the boat and we had emails from I think three different labels. It was like 70k was like the thing that was like, okay, this band's actually gonna we 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 were on the radar for for labels before that, but then 70k happened and it was like, okay, that's you know, it's legit now, I guess. So we can kind of start talking. We Na- Napalm did talk to us. Um so did Nuclear Blast and uh and Century. And it's just a matter of Century just, you know, came with the best terms right off the bat. And they've been great. And also, you know, 
I love a, a bunch of bands on Century. Like, it's really cool to be like on that roster. Like, yeah, dude. I know. Like, yeah. e- growing up, even like Century Media was like kind of a big deal, man. Like, yeah. You, they had all the the sick, especially like uh, American metal and like Swedish mellow death. They had some of the yeah. sickest fucking bands, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I remember getting on there and being like, "Damn, like I've been seeing this this label do cool shit for a long ass time. Now I'm like there. It's just surreal, <laughs> dude. It is crazy, eh?" Like, yeah. I remember, like, I will say the time when we were signing and everything, everything was happening kind of so quickly. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to sit and reflect on it. And then it was like maybe like a year or two later, I look back and I'm like, oh shit. Like, if 15 year old me <laughs> could see the stuff I accomplished in the last couple of years, I was like, fuck man this is kind of cool like you know like i grew up like watching all these bands on on much loud and like you know mtv or whatever right and then now you know we're kind of doing doing the thing we're touring we're playing these big festivals we're you know we're we're signed to the these sick labels and it's like fucking right dude this is you know it's kind of cool the life we get to live It is. It was, you know, it, it, it really is really cool. And I wish I, I sometimes wish we lived on an alternate timeline because we got signed and then the world freaking shut. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we got signed and the world shut down. So it's like, are we living the true traje- trajectory of a band that, you know, gets signed? Like, it's hard to tell, you know? I think everything is hard to tell at this point um yeah was um veil not on century that was independent release um they they did a re-release of it though i thought i saw that yeah okay so you guys released it and then signed and they're kind of like well at least like give us something to put out (laughs) you know so you're like okay put this and we'll we'll get you we'll get you on the next one you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, they they um yeah they I guess they just like they saw the hype for Vale uh, and they're mm-hmm. like we give us that hype and then yeah we gave it to them and then uh yeah it's it, it was really interesting like get we we were on the boat seventy k and then we get off and then a month later the pandemic starts and we're yeah. like in talks with the with the record label and it's just like what could what could it be though you know. <laughs> yeah yeah really man it's such a it's such a crazy time because i honestly not to get into it but i always say like let's not get into it but we always get into it um i just <laughs> like it is is really cool that everybody is touring and and doing all of that stuff but there's still like this oddness to life you know, mm-hmm. just like everything in the world. And I know like down in the States, like everything, you guys have been kind of more open and everything like that for a, a long, much longer than we have up here. But I just like, I'm not really overly sure on, on what is going to happen 
as far as like the longevity of, of what's what's the touring world gonna look like you know yeah. like right now it's kind of cool but we're we're trying to get back to what we deem as normal right and yeah. maybe that needs to change a little bit and i think a band like dragon force is kind of turning stuff on its head a little bit like they're live streaming every single yeah. show start to finish and it's like is this what the world is going to be like is this how things are going to go and i'm not saying i like it or don't like it um i like being able to i know at like six between six and seven every night i can flip on herman's twitch channel and watch (laughs) you know like seven spires and like uh visions of atlantis you know and you know (laughs) like every single night pretty much it's kind of cool but how how did you because you recently just saw them how is that experience knowing that everything is so live streamed (laughs) you know i it was funny i was wearing a seven kingdoms hoodie and a friend who was watching the stream uh messaged me and say hey are you wearing a seven kingdoms hoodie i'm like yeah and i was like i just saw you on the stream <laughs> it's just like dude that's that's wild yeah that's <laughs> yeah. crazy right <laughs> i'd yeah i'd be really interested in seeing like i mean they're i mean the the views he's getting on each each night like on on twitch like it's probably gonna be like the most money they've ever freaking made on tour like dude it, I, I guarantee it's insane um yeah and dude good on them um yeah yeah like it's it's super sick but i just i found again not to get into this too much but i just found like the audience was more there to appease the live stream like they're kind of playing to the live stream more than the audience to some degree and trust me i love dragon force i've known those guys for like 17 years i've known sam and and you know i i've done small projects with mark and everything so i'm not bashing them in any way i love them to death Mm -hmm. but at a certain point in the show when they brought out their like fourth guest appearance i was like i kind of I kind of just want to see Dragon Force play Dragon Force songs, you know, yeah. without like, without, I know there's always been a bit of a gimmicky band, but without like these extra people who, that are just social media musicians and stuff, you know, like, is there a lot of that? Uh, dude, well, all right. And the one you, uh, were at, they had, um, Henrik, Henrik, Heinrich, Heinrich, yeah. Yeah. Heinrich from Aether it's, it's Realm. It's okay. Herman, Herman made the same mistake. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. Oh, yeah. man. But uh, from Aether Realm, which is sick. And yeah. in Edmonton, they had Tim from Stryker. And in nice. Vancouver, they had, I'm pretty sure Grant and Andrew were there, you know, from UTA. And it's just like, that's sick. In Toronto? They had five different people, none of which played in bands, and all of them were either YouTube, TikTok, 
um, mm-hmm. Instagram, like it was all just social media people. Uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I was like, ah, like, can we just play the songs, boys? You know? So it makes me think that maybe this is what the future of live shows is going to end up becoming down the yeah. road, you know, across the board. Like, this is what's going to be expected from yeah. bands, you know? Because mm-hmm. now it's like, to be a a well-known guitar player, you kind of got to be big on TikTok. You got to be on there. You got to be, you know, social media savvy or else brands aren't going to want to work with you. You're not going to get the endorsements. Nobody, That you is know, true, yeah. And that's just the way the world is going. Uh, sorry for going off on this huge oh. tangent rant of nonsense no, it's it's, but... it's interesting it's interesting topic yeah i you definitely f- kind of feel the the dread of like if i'm gonna be relevant in any way i can't just hit stuff i have to be a thing that's it like you yeah. know you have to be s- marketable and i don't yeah. know like it's it's really strange um mm-hmm. And again, I'm not against it, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just like, where, where is this actually headed? What's the end game with this? Is there an end game, or is this going to just keep going? Like, is this another step? Yeah. I, I, I'm curious as to like, you know, they, they must have people just showing up and watching every stream, and oh, like, yeah. I'm wondering if. Like what kind of band you have to be to to have a fan base that's just like I'm here for everything. You're doing the same thing every night, but I'm I'm here for it. And it's just like, man, how do you get that kind of kind of kind of fan base? <laughs> yeah, let's reverse engineer this right now. How do we get a fan base like Dragon Force? Well, uh, <laughs> well, there's this game. Uh, no, no, no. Before that, before that, we need mini trampolines on stage. That's what. That was there the first go. thing, man. Like that, really, that I think that is why, man. I remember back in the day going onto their website to watch their homemade videos they made on tour of them just jumping off stuff, like running around the streets, air guitaring and jumping off stuff. <laughs> And it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so you've known about them pre, pre, uh, pre fame. Um, I guess so. It was kind of when they were on their rise up. Uh, I saw them on their Sonic Firestorm tour. Is the last date on their tour, uh, in Quebec City, and okay. then, um. Then they did Inhuman Rampage, which okay. was the one that got them big. Um, right. But that was their first North American tour. They were like selling out the Opera House and stuff, which like like thousand cap venues sold out their first like North American tour. Um, but yeah, no, I knew them like pre that, and yeah, it is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, they were start- yeah. they were starting to blow up though a little bit over here. Yeah, but That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about them until. Though you know, the game. So, but I'm a huge power metal nerd though. Mm. Um, and like at the time, especially that's like all me and my brother, Ryan, the guitar player for Crimson Shadows. That's all we listen to, 
you gotcha. know, was, was power metal. And, uh, yeah, it was Dragon Force kind of, uh, stepped up the game. And then we took what they did and, <laughs> uh, just ripped it off completely and didn't get as famous as them. So I, I don't know. And I think the only thing that stood between us and them and the reason why we didn't get famous and they did was because they had trampolines. That's it. They had trampolines on stage. They would jump off and it was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then we didn't have that. We just ran around that's... like idiots and uh, we never got huge and famous. So Yeah, that's the key, Damn. man. Trampolines. Trampolines. Kids, get out mini trampolines. I don't even know if you can find mini trampolines like that anymore. But <laughs> To get like a fit- fitness supply store or something a fitness supply store maybe uh, I don't know. or what like gymnastics supplies is there oh, like yeah. a specific store for gymnastics supplies can we yeah yeah i'm sure you can find it on amazon or something bezos has can hook us up Bezos always got the hookup always got the hookup all right man <laughs> uh you know what dude we we have been chatting for quite some time um there's there's one last thing I want to to ask you about. Uh, then we are going to head over to our chat and answer some questions uh, from all the people who have been going nuts over at uh, on Twitch here. Uh, that's uh, twitch.tv backslash Corey H. Drummer if you want to uh, check it out and, and join in on the fun. Uh, but I am curious... If you have had any on-stage disasters, <laughs> playing a show and shit just falls apart, your like gear getting destroyed, being too drunk or injured to play, or like, what is the worst thing that has happened to you while playing live? Okay, um, the most embarrassing thing. Well, all right, I got three. Th- Three things, and two of them happen in one, one show. Um, and I and these are things that I can look back and go, you know, ha, that, that was kind of funny. There's one show and on the most recent tour that just I'm still bitter about, so I won't even talk about that one. But when I was young, <laughs> when I was young, uh, I literally my drum seat. I was so far back on the actual stage. Um, it was like this church band I was playing with, and I was, I I was, I guess I was, my seat was scooching back as I was going and literally in the middle of a song, I just disappear from like, if you're watching, (laughs) if you're looking at the stage, I'm like, I'm there and then I'm gone. I just fall directly off. And it's, it was like a five foot drop (laughs) on my ass and it was an outdoor gig. So it was, it was, that was like, what are the chances? And it it happened so long ago. I'm like, did I dream that? Was that, would that even actually happen? (laughs) But yeah, that was, that's one that was just, it's just funny now. you know, there's low stakes. The higher stakes one was on the Unleashed the Archer store with the, the realm. Um, the first show in Minneapolis before Unleashed the Archers could get there. And that turned out to be a good thing, uh, um, for us selfishly because we got it. We got a chance to, kind of work out all the kinks and get our shit together before they showed up (laughs) uh the first the first uh gig i was like man this is a big show i'm gonna like 
I'm going to like, you know, put my all into the, into the stage presence. You know, I got curly hair. So like poofs up whenever I'm trying to headbang and I'm getting sweaty. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me wet my hair. So it's, you know, it's, it's hangs down and I can like windmill on playing well, wetting my hair with, you know, sure in ears, uh, only resulted in them just falling out every like two seconds. Oh God, dude. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was happening in the middle of, um, one of the most blasty songs that I've ever uh, had to play live is uh, Swamp Witch. So I'm literally playing blast beats and then like, you know, <laughs> oh my like, God. Uh, like just removing the symbol. I was like, all right, which hand is more important, the, the snare or the symbol? Well, if I take away the symbol, at least you get still get the, you know, but if it's just the, if I use the snare hand, all it is, is just unisons on the kick and the symbol that that sucks. Yeah. So that was the decision I had to make in that moment. And this um, was this was during the live stream from Ty's house? No, no. Okay. Uh, this was this was before that. Um, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, this was this was the first show that was supposed to happen and, and it's it ended up being wait. It was after the live stream. That's right. After. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I yeah. think. I don't know. They that all blur is, together. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was close. It was close to there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it was. It luckily, you know, we still put on the show of you know it was us in Seven Kingdoms, and it was a great show. But that happened, and also, um, for our sound checks, Heinrich, um, you know, he runs the uh, the laptop, um, for the backing tracks. Well, for the sound checks, he he liked to put on a, a loop, for like here's the heaviest the biggest sounding thing it's a, it's a loop so so the so the you know the sound guy can work with it and you know adjust and then you know once that's over we turn off the loop well mm-hmm. heinrich forgot to turn off the loop so we get to us <laughs> we get to a certain part of the first song and it's just like it's just like eight bars and then it starts again and then it starts again and it starts again and i'm like you know, and you make a decision where you're like, something's screwing up. And you're like, how long can I go before we just have to say, I got to bail. We got to fix this. I can't play the rest of the song with this. Because the, backing tracks sometimes mess up life. Sometimes they just cut out. And you, you're like, I got to just finish. We got to finish the song raw. You know, it it's fine. Yeah. It happens. But it looping like that in my ears, it's like, <laughs> I don't even know what these guys are playing anymore. I have yeah. totally lost where we are. So I just like, stop. I'm like, <laughs> stop it. We got to fix this. So I uh, did. Yeah. Luck- that's, that's the, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily we've got that. Uh, we got that taken care of um, before Unleash the Archers saw us. Uh, and uh, <laughs> every, <Thank God. laughs> every, uh, every time we, you know, we're um, every time we were doing the sound check after that, I was just like, it's a loop off it's a loop off he's like yeah and i was like i was afraid of like annoying him yeah. but he was he was appreciative every time because <laughs> that was a nightmare dude and i'll say like i love playing to a click track but my worst on stage disasters always are due to click track they're always yeah click track related incidents because if i don't have it or if it's not working exactly how it should that's like that's it like it's 
I, you, I can't play. I'm so reliant on the click tracks. It's so terrible. Um, you, ever, you ever find that like you play for with a click track for so long that you go back and play without a click track and you just feel like your internal clock is just ruined? Like, like I don't know how to start a song at a right tempo like uh, what is time no i need <laughs> i need something to guide me i need yes I need something to show me the way i can't do it on my own anymore man yeah, yeah. i'm i'm the drummer i'm supposed to keep time not make it <laughs> no but then i have this other thing telling me what time is and i'm like oh yeah it's been yeah. so long and i feel like i always feel like something's missing you know like if i'm playing without a click i'm like something's off something doesn't feel right you know mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's it's weird but i uh i had one time kind of more recently um with uh lotharo that we started our set and we did sound check everything was great we were we were doing a headlining show and this was the first show i did with them when i came back into the before i actually like joined the band they just asked me to fill in for a show and mm. we had only had a couple of rehearsals i was like a, a little nervous i guess uh it had been a while since i'd played a show too like this is the first this is the second show back in two years uh mm -hmm. i did another filling gig for another band but everything went great at soundcheck it was all good we get on stage we're all set. We're ready to go. We're like, okay, hit play on the intro. Everything should be mint. No problems, right? Intro's playing. Everything's good. When the click track's supposed to come in, it didn't. And oh. we all just look at each other like, what the fuck do we do? We have two bars to figure this out. And I'm like, uh, one, two. And I just had to go with it. Oh, Luckily, no. the first song didn't have any orchestrations or any backing oh, tracks or man. anything so i was like okay get through this song but the worst part is is we go directly into the second song too so i forget exactly what we did we know we must have fixed it before the second song but yeah we had to play the first song with no click and i was like looking at footage i'm like ah, my timing is horrible <laughs> <laughs> like god damn dude yeah. I, let's make sure this click is working all the time yeah. you know like that's it so mm -hmm. ah, yeah it's the worst man ah, anyways on that note my friend i want to say thank you for joining me on the we're talking drums podcast this week this has been <laughs> a super fun chat man Hell yeah! Thanks for having me. It's been yeah. a been a pleasure. We'll have to do this again. I feel like we could just talk literally the rest of the night. Yeah, <laughs> you know? probably. We could eventually <laughs> actually talk about some drums. <laughs> oh my god, we barely even talked about drums. We mentioned blast beats. We said hey. we said the the word of the day, which is always blast beats. So Very there important. we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So so let's let's leave it on a. Um, do you do you have any tips for young drummers out there getting started? Go, go one tip for them, and we'll we'll leave on that. Uh, get on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> ah, rudiments. There you go. There you go. Get on TikTok. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> 
I do. Uh, so go oh, follow shit. me on TikTok. Um, I'll make one and follow you. I have and only no, you. I think it is actually uh, just Corey H. Drummer. So, yeah, nice. go do that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so Rudiments is, is numbered is second to get on get on TikTok, then learn Rudiments. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and then you'll be a professional, amazing drummer like Don, John, like, like John over here. <laughs> God damn it. We're doing so well this entire time, you know? And then right at the end here, it's just like, <laughs> ah. All right, well. It's okay. I can be done. Yeah. All right, John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play us out, and you're not going to be able to hear it, but it's going to be super sick for everybody else in the stream. So thank you very much, man. Have a good day. We're going to head in over to the Twitch channel and uh, hang out in the chat for a bit, but we're going to leave all y'all in the podcast land. So have a good day. Thank you again, John. Thanks. Thanks.